Hello, and you are very welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke, and I hope you are safe and well as you tune into us this week. A little bit later on in this episode, we're going to be getting a little bit festive because we are well and truly in that particular season. Um, do you have your decorations up just yet? Mine went up over the weekend. And uh, I have to say, I love this time of year. I really, really and truly do love this time of year. But it is a challenging one to be environmentally friendly during because there's so much nice stuff in the shops that we all put ourselves under far too much pressure to try and grab the money together to buy. But that's a whole other conversation. So we're focusing a little bit on trees this week. And uh, we'll be talking to a man who has created a facility in County Cork where you can, if you want, to rent a Christmas tree and then return it in January and then get the same tree in 2024, if you so choose, which I think is a genius idea. But he's the only person, to the best of my knowledge, in the country doing this. So we will be talking to Colm a little bit later on this week's episode of Let's Go Green. First up, though, we are joined by Orla Farrell and Orla runs Easy Treasy. Orla, you are very welcome to Let's Go Green. Ashling, thank you so much. What a pleasure it is to be on your show and hello to all your listeners in the Midlands and beyond. Orla, tell us first off, what mm. is Easy Treasy? Well, I'm Orla, Orla Farrell, and I'm a registered primary and secondary school teacher. And I was working on the green flag, like so many, um, 97% of all Irish schools uh, have uh, uh, participation in the green flag, when we came across uh, what we thought was a very charming project that had been started off by a nine-year-old schoolboy. And this boy, Felix, uh, had been inspired by a teacher, uh, an African teacher called Wangari Mathai. So Wangari Mathai, in fact, uh, a lot of people would not have heard of her, and I hadn't, uh, uh, some years ago when uh, I started this project. And in fact, she won a Nobel Prize mm. Uh, you you've heard of her, Ashley. Uh, I think I've I think I've read something by her, but I I hadn't made the connection before our call. But you continue. Yes. Well, uh, she planted thirty million trees in her lifetime and started the Green Belt movement. Uh, she had a doctorate. She was working as an academic in Kenya, and she started the project when she saw the restoration needs around her. So. This boy, Felix, planted an apple tree in his own school and for a school project, uh, he had been researching uh, the polar bear, which was his favourite animal. And he he came in on the Monday after uh, watching Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth and uh, that movie and said, you know, I think if the children in every country of the world would plant a million trees, it would be a great thing for climate change because guess what? It's not just the polar bear that's in trouble. Human beings are uh, in trouble too. And that was maybe about 12 years ago. Okay, so Felix had this idea of, you know, inspiring other kids just like him to get involved in tackling climate change. 
That was it. And uh, they twinned it with chocolate, which is really <laughs> their unique selling point. <laughs> I think the project cannot fail. So after you plant your tree, you have some hot chocolate or some other chocolate. Um, in fact, I had the pleasure of presenting Minister Eamon Ryan with a bar of chocolate there two days ago in Dublin, Dublin Castle. It was a lovely uh, event showcasing uh, the community and voluntary sector on climate action. And I challenged him to plant some trees and uh, gave him this lovely uh, Ecuador chocolate. Um, I'd actually gone into the wrong conference in Dublin Castle and had uh, the good fortune to meet the honorary consul for Ecuador and was telling him about our project that twins tree planting with rewards chocolate rewards for children and he said oh you know um no i don't give out ferrero roches but uh we ecuador has the best chocolate in the world you know and and he gave me a few bars and promised me a hundred bars for our planting that's just kicking off now this time of year because as you know we're just at the start of the bare root season so then when did this like felix kicked off this initiative yes initially when did you pick up on it well, it was about 2015 and our, we had done a little project in 1999 um, for the millennium. We planted about 200 saplings in our school and they were a great success because we were there at the extension to the M50 in Baldoil and there was a lot of noise in the schoolyard from trucks on the road and traffic and uh, we're there beside the sea. We were uh, there were always sea breezes, um, really, uh, in Baldoyle. And this was shelter. And once we put up that little shelter belt, we found that there was a great improvement in all kinds of elements of the schoolyard. We had not only was it quieter, but the children were able to count all these different uh, new birds that were coming into the school grounds and we had all those kind of um, bird watching projects and we were able to set up a little garden behind the shelter of that um, stand of trees and um, we amalgamated then with the girls school and we did some orchard planting there and pretty soon we'd run out of space so we'd come across Felix's project by then and we got in in touch with Fingal County Council. Now we'd we'd always done a few bits and pieces with them. Uh, we planted a few trees in the neighbouring park, and we asked if we could take the um, the world model of Plant for the Planet uh, into Seagrange Park and plant three hundred trees in a hundred and five minutes. <laughs> so um, the Germans had it all worked out fair play to them and we tried that we had a, about children from about six different schools we had UK children that came over to help us we had children who happened to be there from America you know it was around this time of year uh, 2017 and uh, the trees have grown beautifully since and we 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 added to them then we got a lot of schools in the neighborhood involved and it uh, we're going back there, in fact, on Tuesday, um, uh, the 28th of November, 
um, which will be uh, tomorrow. And uh, we will be from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, there in Seagrange Park with the participation of, uh, once again, Fingal County Council. And we have an exciting group of visitors coming with us uh, from More Trees Now. Your listeners might like to look up More Trees Now and see what they're doing. They're very new to Ireland. They came over to us in um, in um, National Tree Week. Uh, and, um, you know, usually I plant a tree on the radio. So I'm going to wait <laughs> until your next guest is on because Colm... I'm pretty sure I've spoken to Colm already. In fact, I uh, a couple of years that, ago. I that does not him. surprise me. This country is very, very small. We all know each other when it comes down to it. But this idea of, you know, planting a tree for the planet, like my own, and I've said this on the show on, on numerous occasions over the past number of years, my own father died very suddenly at the age of 67 from sepsis in 2020. And when mm. my mum and I looked to you know, to mark his first anniversary, his first yeah. month, his first month and then the first year and yes. to ask people around us to, to memorialize him. You know, instead of flowers at the funeral, we asked for anybody who wanted to mourn him to plant a native Irish tree in his honor. And we did so ourselves in our own garden at home because we were lucky enough to have the space. And yes. to my surprise at that time, because it was something my father and I had discussed and he had made we were very lucky in that in our case, we had had very open conversations. So my mother and I had a, you might as well call it a plan of action to follow in, in the event of his death. We knew, we knew what he wanted for the funeral. We knew what he wanted for his grave. Everything had been agreed beforehand. We were very lucky, but my point and the reason I'm discussing it now is the amount of people who wrote to us in the 18 months after his death to say Mm. that they had gone to the effort of planting a tree in his honor really moved me and like I suppose I thought at the time that you know those of us who talk about environmental concerns and are worried about climate change that it felt very much like we were on our own little bubble and that not everybody really bought into it but it really changed my mind when you see this happening and people actually because planting a tree it's not that hard but it does require a bit of physical effort um you know people are really buying into it now so what has the reaction been like from like the schools that you're involved in and like are, are kids picking this up and then bringing it home with them? You know, is is it growing as you're growing? Well, given that we have distributed over 400,000 saplings since we started our mass planting uh, in 2019 at exactly uh, this time so during Science Week, that week alone, um, we planted 30,000 trees around wow. the country. Very uh, great thanks to Science Foundation Ireland and Plan for the Planet and uh, OPW, all our collaborators and Quilt, of course, mm-hmm. who are uh, our sterling sponsors of uh, saplings. So the enthusiasm really has been extraordinary. And, you know, you had such success with your uh, challenge, Ashling, that I'm challenging all your readers now to do this to kick off the planting season by planting a tree. And, you know, a lot of people now, my own children included, they mightn't have a garden. They might be lucky enough to have a little windswept patio or uh, they may not have uh, any space to go tree planting. And you mentioned that you were fortunate in having that space. Uh, So um, 
we we we've calculated that there's there's space for a billion trees on the island of Ireland and we'd still only be like Belgium at 17 and a half percent like we'd still only have half the tree canopy that is the average in Europe so you can probably listeners find a corner somewhere in somebody's garden and this is what we're suggesting um Mir Bowman new more trees now our new collaborators uh they have a new technique which is exactly what my grandmother used to do so in my grandmother's handbag she always had a scissors and a plastic bag and if oh, ever she- yeah my my granny had exact same thing okay yeah go on yeah. Yes. And uh, she would help herself to a little cutting mm-hmm. or she might ask permission, <laughs> depending on whether she was at her sister's or Killarney National Park or whatever. So it's always polite, of course, to ask. This improves the elder tree. I'm talking about the elder now. So elder is growing all over the country. It's a native tree. It has flowers in the spring. You can make beautiful elderflower cordial I've made it for my daughter's wedding and it was put into her wedding cake um, for the cocktail so I highly recommend the elderflower the elderberry I've done less with that but it's very nutritious great shelter for wildlife and uh, it's it's free to take a wand from an elder tree and you now when you say Orla when you say a wand from an elder Mm. tree for for those of us that might not even know what an elder tree looks like could you describe it for us yeah I'm getting you one I just chopped these two wands off the elder at the end of the garden now I think the birds planted that so a bit about like half a meter long okay about six nodes on it And you plunge it into the ground, about a third of it, and free tree. So I'm going to do that now. And that's that's it, Orla. There's no um, maintenance required. Do we need to water it at all? Now, it's done. I planted the tree, two trees. How long did that take me? 20 seconds. (laughs) So that's all. Now, it did take me about a minute to walk to the end of the garden. I had a secateurs and I did a nice clean cut. And so it's plunged into uh, some pots that I have out there and uh, they will grow uh, into beautiful elders and someone would like them then as a present. And you can do the same with willow. You can do the same with poplar. Um, And of course, there are all kinds of other food products you can do it with, like blackcurrants and gooseberries and so on. Um, Anyway, I'm not the gardener. I'm the teacher. But this is the challenge. Plant an elder wand. Or if you can't find that, plant a whomping willow. And I have. I have uh, loads. I'll show you. They're grown out in the nursery there. I've got a whole um, collection of elder and willow. Your listeners can't see it. They're growing really well. And they were only planted in March when we had the visitors. So that's a nice start to the planting season. The 30th day of November at three o'clock. How about that? You plant three elder ones. And you could, if it's raining, you can put them in a bottle and, you know, your children or your any children, you know, grandchildren or nieces and nephews, they can watch all the roots come out. If you're a school teacher, you could do it in your classroom. And we say three because they mightn't all take. And then on a day that's nice, you can go out and you can plant it somewhere in the ground. Like in the ground is easier than a pot because then you don't have to worry about watering it usually, especially if you're doing it at this time of the year. That's what I was going to ask you, Orla, because like I think the fear would be if you've not done it before, if you're not, you know, naturally green fingered or or whatever, that Mm. if I 
did start this that I'd have to do loads of work to mind it. So we're getting the elder wand. We're mm. sticking it in the ground. Yes. Then what? And uh, that's it. Uh, you wouldn't let it dry out. But sure, if it's outside, it's very unlikely to dry out. And then in the spring, you'll have um, you'll have a tree. Okay. So if you do that sometime before, say, St. Patrick's Day, you'll have a nice tree. And sure, if you don't like it. You can, you know, if it's getting too big, you can trim it. The elder isn't a very big tree. It's a sort of like middle-sized tree, uh, kind of not quite shrub layer. Now it's a bit bigger than that. Um, but um, you can um, get out your secateurs and give it a haircut and give bits of it to your neighbours then. They can grow their elder tree. Now, I mean, you can get three to 500 cuttings off an elder. Uh, and um, I wouldn't plant them all in the same field now because... They're all clones, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a bit of restraint. Uh, you, you, you use uh, different different bushes, but that's just an idea for anyone who doesn't want to go to their garden centre. Like money can be tight this time of year, and you maybe you'd like to have an apple tree, but um, you don't know where to begin. So that's a fun place to begin, and and it is free. And thanks very much to the the Dutch who are demonstrating that. And a second thing they're doing is tree rescue, which is great fun. So where we planted our first three hundred trees, now we've got a, a tree for every school in Ireland. So if you're in a school in Ireland, we have a tree planted for your school in Seagrange Park. You can see it out the window of the Dart if you're at Bayside. Well, Orla, I'm afraid we're going to have to cut you short there because we are running out of time. But if you want to find out more about Easy Treasy, you can look them up on their website. And that is easytreasy.com. And if you want to, you can go on to easytreasy.com to plant a tree as a gift, which is a, a very nice idea indeed. Well... We do have to take a break. We will be back after these. Hello, and you are listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I hope you are enjoying our show and you enjoyed our conversation with Orla Farrell from Easy Treasy. And of course, Easy Treasy works with schools right around Ireland to encourage children to plant trees for the planet. And of course, you can find out more about Orla and her organisation on easytreesy.ie or .com I should say but also the Tree Council website there are so many options out there so it's definitely worth considering as we are you know doing little bits at this time of year and um, maybe you know this idea of getting the, the, the wands and just sticking them in the ground and seeing what happens you know why not it only takes a couple of minutes you, you heard Orla do it live on the radio and that's a, a first for me um, but you might remember, I think it was during the summer, we spoke with Sarah Carey, who is a journalist with the Irish Independent. And she was talking about the government's proposal to ban disposable vapes. Well, over the weekend, Minister of Health Stephen Donnelly and the Minister with the National Drug Strategy Hildegard Nocton made an announcement about the regulation of tobacco and nicotine inhaling products like e-cigarettes, also known as vapes. So earlier on during the summer, we had this conversation around the banning or the proposed banning of disposable vapes because they are a real problem when it comes to the environment. They are litter first and foremost and then they are very difficult to recycle because of all the various parts the liquid the lithium batteries and 
you know, the waste companies don't really have a method of getting rid of them safely. And, you know, even if people who are using disposable vapes want to dispose of them correctly, they don't have an option. It, it, it shouldn't go in the waste bin because it has a lithium battery. Um, it can't go in the recycling bin because that's not safe either. So, you know, people are very limited, you know, and that's even, you know, never mind the, the health consequences, of course, of, of vaping or, or nicotine in any of its forms. But the ministers, the two ministers for health, um, Stephen Donnelly and Hildegard Nocton, as I said, they launched this public consultation on the regulation of vapes and tobacco. So they're asking for you to get involved. And they want to look at all the areas that nicotine and vapes are affecting in, in, in general, whether it's the display of products in shops, whether it's, you know, vapes with in product flavours that are, for want of a better way of putting it, basically targeted at kids. Like the idea of having a bubblegum vape, you know, I doubt there are many adults buying, you know, these these things there. They're, if, even if you look at them, they look like little toys. Um, they don't look like a nicotine product. But anyway, so the nicotine inhalation flavours, the appearance of the products is another thing that they're looking at. Um, the, the sales of them, the smoking in outdoor dining areas is also something that's being looked at. Um, the extension of smoke-free restrictions to vaping, the increasing of the age of sale for tobacco products and the increasing of the price of vapes. I don't know about you, but I'm non-smoker and that's probably very clear from how I take, talk about it on the show. But it's not something I enjoy and I don't particularly want to spend time with people who do. But I do find it very irritating if I'm enjoying, you know, when we do have nice weather and you can sit outside and have a cup of coffee or go for dinner outdoors or whatever it might be. I don't enjoy sitting beside somebody who's smoking. But people who want to sit outdoors and smoke, you know, that's their right as well. So this idea that as part of this public consultation, they're going to be looking at smoking in outdoor dining areas is going to, I think, prove very problematic for those in the hospitality industry. Like, I don't know how you get around it, you know, um, I think it's going to be really interesting. So that's just, you know, that's the list of items that they are going to be looking at as part of this public consultation process. And the process will open for submissions for a six week period until Friday, the 5th of January. And you are being encouraged to visit the Department of Health to fill out the form, have your say, give your thoughts on what you want the government to do. The survey is now live on the Department of Health. It's on their um, consultation page. You can go onto the website there and it is like I've tried it myself. It's um, very handy. It's straight in. All you have to do is um, look for the public consultation on regulation of tobacco and nicotine inhaling products. I find it very amusing. I have to say that instead of calling them vapes, they're calling them nicotine inhaling products um, when you know, we all know what they're getting at. So why not just use the term? Um, but that's that's another conversation for another day. So this is looking at vaping from the health side of things, which we were under the understanding that because there is these efforts underway to ban disposable vapes, that this wasn't going to be tackled just yet. 
Um, but anyway, look, it is. Um, so I'd be very interested to hear what you think about it. Should these new restrictions come into force or should they, sorry, should we extend restrictions around uh, smoking and vaping in public areas? Should we have um, an increase to the, the age? This all affects the environment that we live in. So I'd be very interested to hear what you think about it. So please do feel free to get in contact with me on the show. It's definitely something we're going to be looking at um, in the coming weeks. So please do let me know what you think. You can hop over to midlands103.com, click on the on air team button and you'll find a picture of me, Ashling O'Rourke, and you can send me an email directly from that page. And I um, will do my very best to get back to each and every one of you. Stay tuned. We are going to be turning to all things festive a little bit after this. You're welcome to Let's Go Green. And I hope you are enjoying our show so far this week. Well, I've been avoiding it for weeks now, but my favourite time of year is well and truly upon us. And, you know, it's things are getting festive. There are events happening. I'm seeing more and more sparkles when I'm out and about. We are approaching the Christmas season and um, in the next few days and maybe even already, because I've noticed a lot of people have done it already. We're going to start thinking about decorating our houses for Christmas. And traditionally, a tree of some shape or form is part of that decoration in Irish households around the country. Now, I'm a Christmas baby. I absolutely love this time of year. It is genuinely my favourite time of year. And I really enjoy getting the house ready. And I kind of go a bit mad. I'll be honest. It's the one time of year where I just let myself go. And I really, really enjoy it. But the Christmas tree can be problematic when it comes to... and. I, Let's be honest about it. A lot of the decorations can be problematic when it comes to the environment, whether we do, you know, the plastic version or we buy a freshly cut tree. You know, it's something that I don't want to take the fun out of this. So before people start giving out and turning off, we're not giving out. But we're just perhaps looking at an alternative this evening, a first for Ireland in that we can now rent a Christmas tree. So we've heard about maybe we've done pieces about renting clothes and, you know, um, you know, we're all used to, you know, renting homes. But have you thought about renting a fresh Christmas tree? Well, I'm joined now by Colm Crowley of the Christmas tree dot IE. Colm, you're a cork man. So uh, thank you for uh, hopping over to the Midlands for us uh, on this week's episode of Let's Go Green. You're very welcome to the programme. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me on. So, Colm, tell me about your business first off. What it is that what is it that you do? Okay, so we basically rent um, live Christmas trees. They're in pots, and customers then can rent them for three weeks because three weeks is the maximum you can have these um, indoors if you want them to survive. So we rent them from December eighth until January second. Each tree then um, comes with a unique unique number, so the customer then can rent the same tree then every Christmas. So you can have, like I know I have decorations that were bought for me as a child that I still put up on the Christmas tree, but it's a new tree every year. Whereas now I could keep this tree as a, a reoccurring member of the, the family in the O'Rourke household. You can, of course. Yeah. And like, and, and we've found as well that um, that people are actually naming their trees as well. So like it, beco- it becomes part of their family. I mean, it's very new at the moment. Like we're only doing this. This is only a third year doing it. Um, but like people are really getting on getting on board with this with the idea. 
tell me um, what kind of names have people come up with? Well, like the, the usual, like uh, Woody or um, Spike, but like Spruce Springsteen, you know, would be a very popular name as well. Uh, it just adds a bit of fun to it, you know. Uh, absolutely. I like that one now. I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. So <laughs> Spruce Springsteen. Yeah. OK, I like that. So tell me then, like at the, you, you're, you're in the early days of the business. And as I understand it, you're you're the first person or the first company in Ireland to be doing this. What kind of reaction have you been getting so far? The, the, the reaction's been overwhelming. Um, like we, we launched it in Christmas 2021, but we kind of let, uh, we set up an Instagram page and we kind of let people know know around, I think it was about April, May that we're actually renting trees and straight away people got on board and they got very excited about it. Um, and that Christmas, we, we booked out all our rentals straight away. Um, we only did it as a trial run. We got 100 trees and they were gone straight away. And um, yeah, I mean, like every year it's been, you know, well, I mean, this year now we've had people contact us in September looking to book book um, book rentals, you know, so it, it has been very popular and people are really get on board with it as well. Is it that all of a sudden as a society, we've just gotten really comfortable with the idea of shopping with the environment in mind? I think I think people are very um, conscious now about the environment. Um, I think the timing is probably great for us as well. You know, if this was maybe 10 years ago, it, it mightn't be as popular. Um, but people are very conscious now about the environment. But I think as well, um, people don't really want to see the tree chopped down if they thought there's an alternative as well. You know, um, like even though a Christmas tree, a real Christmas tree is a very sustainable choice. It's very good for the environment because for every tree that's cut to or, or replanted, Mm-hmm. But just to keep the idea of keeping the tree alive year on year, there's just something very nice about it. There is something, and I know this is going to sound bizarre, but there's something desperately sad about the end of Christmas and you're taking down the decorations and you're looking at this thing who that, you know, at the start of the season was the source of great pride. And then you turn around the corner in January and you realise, well, we have to get rid of this tree now and it's looking a bit pathetic. And, you know, and I always feel really guilty because it's just going straight then out to be. Now, look, I try and, you know, local councils right around the region, you know, you can have your tree um, disposed of correctly and safely, you know, at the the various drop off points. But it is kind of, you know, sad, really, to, to think that it's only been it's only had this short lifespan, really, when in the wild they would live for years. So this idea of keeping it alive is something I think that well, listeners to this show will be particularly interested in. But, you know, being from the Midlands column, I'm a bit cynical. So how do I know that the tree that I rent in for Christmas 2023 is the same tree, it's the same Bru- Spruce Springsteen for 2024? Uh, well, each tree will, will come with a tag. The, the tag will, the stays on the tree all year round and um, you can't remove the tag. It's very small, so you won't actually see it when you're decorating your, decorating your tree. Um, I mean, if you're very cynical, you can always take down the number and check it again next Christmas just to make sure it's the right number. Um, but a lot of people actually recognize their tree as well. Like when we did the rental last year, um, when people are coming to collect their trees, they can kind of see the tree, recognize the tree, but obviously it got a little bit bigger. Like they don't grow that much from year to year. They might only grow maybe three or four inches um, and they might grow a small bit, but they can still recognize the, the, the tree as well they can kind of still see the shape of the tree and and know it's their tree as well and tell me column is there more 
work involved in this from your side of things? Like traditionally, Christmas tree farmers, they grow the tree, they they harvest them, plant more again. And that's the the routine, you know, the, the, the flow, the workflow. But if you're yeah. if you're how does it work from your side of things and um, doing this in pots and then taking them back? How, how does that all happen? Well, it, like it is very labor intensive and like this is only our third year doing it. So we are getting better year on year. We're finding, you know, better ways to do things. Um, so, yeah, basically we we take back the, the trees. They're in pots. We have a system where we can put them back into the ground again. Uh, we trials put them over the ground and under the ground. And we found that when they're under the ground, they're just a lot happier. It's kind of their natural environment as well. And they have more access to moisture, too, um, so that they grow a lot better. Um, but yeah, it, it is labor intensive, but like it's a la- it's a labor love as well. You know, I, I really love what I'm doing. Um, I, it, it, it gives me immense satisfaction when I see the trees surviving year on year and they're getting bigger. And, you know, people's faces when they come down to collect their tree, you know, it's just it's just, there's just you know, it's just lovely. What made you go down this route? How How did this all come about? Well, like we sell cut Christmas trees as well. Like, I mean, I'm in the Christmas tree business over 25 years. And part of our service every year was we used to collect Christmas trees and recycle them. And I used to always just found it very strange that when pe- when someone would come in and buy a Christmas tree in December and I mean, they'd fall in love with the tree. They just couldn't wait to bring it home. And like four weeks later, the they're, you know, their attitude really towards the tree was completely different. They just wanted to get it out of the house. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's completely understandable too, because the tree at that stage, you know, had dried out. It was wilting, you know, it it it, it, it had no place in the room anymore. Um, and I just always thought, you know, is there, it would it be possible to keep these trees alive? I did a bit of research and I found out that renting trees was actually a thing in America. And then they started doing it in Germany. It's actually quite big in the UK now. And I said, look, I'll, I'll grow a few trees and uh, grew a few trees in pots. And uh, we started then in, in 2021. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say. It is very, it is fascinating. And, you know, it, it show, and it shows you and your business, you know, evolving um, as, as the, the decades go on. Um. At the moment, as I understand it, you the option is you go to Cork and collect it or you deliver in the Cork areas or Dublin as well, I think. Not Dublin. Like we do sell okay. our pop trees right to Dublin if you're just buying it um, and keep it. But the rental is just for Cork, um, Cork City now at the moment. OK, so would you like then to expand the business going forward if you could? We we would because like we, we like every year we do get a lot of uh, messages from people around the country and you know they'd love to have it in their area um so like it's definitely something that we're going to look into um to try and expand it out outside of cork and i know that there are plenty of christmas tree farmers here in the midlands so maybe there's a there's a there's a bit of a collaboration a possibility there um in order to, to make this a, a national enterprise but uh column if people are interested in finding out more about how they go about renting a christmas tree from you if they're able to travel down to you and um, what's the the best way for them to find out more information best way is to go to our website it's christmas tree.e or we're on instagram as well we have two instagram accounts it's christmas tree.e or cork pop christmas trees
And those Instagram uh, accounts are a great fun to follow. So um, even if you're not in the, if you're not able to travel the whole way to Cork uh, from the Midlands, I do recommend you, you hop over to Colm's Instagram accounts. They are a, a lot of fun and a lot of cheer to yeah, add to your you. Instagram fe- feed. Well, Colm Crowley, thank you uh, very much for joining us on this week's episode of Let's Go Green. Thank you, Ashley. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Well, if you heard the episode of the show last week, I spoke with Pat McCormack and Pat is the president of the ICMSA. Sorry, I always have to pause to make sure I get the letters right on that. So that's the ICMSA about their conference where they had Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan, um, address them and promise to speak with them at an event in the next couple of weeks in Tullamore. But he at the time mentioned, and it made perfect sense to me, that farm buildings across the country, the roofs of those buildings could easily or relatively easily be used for solar panels. I mean, there are thousands of them. You go up any um, country lane, any road outside a main town or that, and you see all of these barns, sheds, you know, even farmhouses, um, if you want to go that far. And, you know, it was one, it was a bone of contention that he and his colleagues have, Pat, I should say, and his colleagues have, that at the moment that if farmers want to have solar panels on their farm buildings, that the process is rather convoluted and that really they feel that there should be a programme where farm buildings are used to generate solar energy just because of the scale of um, possibility of energy generation based on the thousands upon thousands of farm buildings that we have around the country. Well, last week, um, a couple of days after our episode was released, the government announced both the Minister Ossian Smith and Minister Norma Foley in a, in a joint announcement. They announced that solar panels are going to be put on every school in the country. Well, they're going to have the option, at least, to generate their own energy and feedback into the grid. So the scheme will provide every school in the country with approximately 16 solar panels to create energy for their own use and then to sell it back to the energy grid. It's the first wave of solar panels for schools. So it's going to be in select counties including County Offaly. So the list of counties involved are Clare, Donegal, Dublin City, Galway, Kerry, Kilkenny, Leitrim, Limerick, Offaly, Waterford and Wicklow. So it's kind of a a scattering across the country of counties in the first wave. This Climate Action Fund initiative will cover the cost for the installing of six kilowatts of roof-mounted solar panels on all state-owned schools. They'll also be connected into the electricity grid so that the school can generate income by powering other homes and businesses with energy in their area. And they could expect, according to the government, to save in the region of between 1200 and 1600 euro a year on their energy bills and if you have children in your family you will know that those voluntary contribution fees that schools are looking for those you know the the cakes sales the the events that schools right around the country run every year to fundraise for whether it's a clean up or getting the buildings painted you know even just getting in supplies into the classroom at times so, you know, a €1,200 saving, it's not all that much, but it would buy a fair few packets of toilet rolls for school bathrooms. It would, you know, buy a, a several notebooks, um, you know, so it's it's not nothing. 
So I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on it. I'm very interested to, to see how this plan is rolled out and in, in practice how it will work. So I do think we put a request in to see if either Minister Smith or Foley would be willing to talk to us here on Let's Go Green to talk to us about the, the practicalities of this because as someone who works in education I know that school principals are absolutely burnt out with the amount of work that they have to do and the administration of even the smallest of primary schools. Um, so this, this you would hope will be a well planned out scheme that will not require loads and loads of extra administration. But um, we don't really have the details just yet. So we, we will keep an eye on that one. Well, thank you for listening to Let's Go Green here in Midlands 103. Thank you, of course, to all of you who listen to us on Midlands 103 FM on the radio each and every Monday night, but also to those of you who tune in from around the globe through midlands103.com on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, We appreciate all your likes and follows and please do give us an L review on Apple. Uh, We very much appreciate it, but it's always interesting to see where people in the world are tuning into the show from. And we're absolutely thrilled now that we have well over 100,000 listens to the podcast. It's, um, It's a lovely number to reach. I won't lie. I'm very pleased with it. So thank you very much. As I said a little bit earlier on, if you want to get in contact with me, please do hop over to midlands103.com to send me a message directly. You just have to look at the on air button and you can email me directly from that. But to I'm not going to play some Christmas music because it's too early. You know, it's it's just it's just a bit too early to do that on the radio, I think. And uh, but Cena's our favourite name for our Christmas trees, according to Colin Crowley of ChristmasTree.ie, is Spruce Springsteen. I thought we might uh, play a little bit of the boss to wrap up this week's episode of Let's Go Green. So stay safe. Have a great week. I'll be back same time next week here on Let's Go Green. But we go out this week just for the occasion that's in it with Born to Run by the Boss. Have a great week.